0: Did that one take?
1: Let's hope so. All
0: right. right. Good. Um, Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book study. My name is Craig F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is December the 11th, 2020. Today we're reading from the Big Book, and we're on page uh, 22, the first paragraph, and we're going to do two paragraphs, starts with, this is by no means, and and the second paragraph ends with, respect to other matters. Uh, the reference numbers for yesterday, for the uh, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, is uh, 15,913, and for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, is 15,964. Um Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the presence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of overeaters anonymous. I'm now going to ask Tenzin P. to read the 12 steps. Tenzin.
2: Good morning, everyone. Uh, So grateful to be here to read uh, our 12 steps. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive ears and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day.
0: Thank you, Tenzin. Okay, next we'll um, ask... uh, Patty F. to
3: read the 12 traditions. Patty? Hi, this is Patty F., a compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of overeaters anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted the servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively four, each group should be autonomous, accept the matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to a compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every group ought to be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions. at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities.
0: Thank you, Patty. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share, We're sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 22. uh, The first paragraph, we're going to read two paragraphs. And uh, uh, I'm going to ask Penny C. now to begin reading it. This is by no means. Uh, Penny?
4: Hi. Thank you, Craig. This is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive old from the Boston area. This is by no means a comprehensive picture of the true alcoholic. uh, As our behavior patterns vary but this description should identify him roughly. Why does he behave like this? If hundreds of experiences have shown him that one drink means another tobacco with all its attendant suffering and humiliation, why is it he takes that one drink? Why can't he stay on the water wagon? What has become of the common sense and willpower that he still sometimes displays with respect to other matters. Well, we took four or five days uh, reading the paragraph just before these two and described the true, the real alcoholic. And when I applied this description to myself as, as a compulsive overeater, most of it, just about every sentence in that previous paragraph applied to me and that's what I needed to do. My sponsor kept reminding me that I needed to identify as an, an, yet another addict, just that I had food as my um, drug, not alcohol. But for all uh, extent, all purposes, i I, I just like that. And I often wondered, you know, how did I... How did I get back? I, I with such res- I had such resolve. Every morning, not just every Monday morning, every morning, I'd wake up and I'd promise myself. Um, I didn't even think about asking God or bringing God into it, but I'd promise myself that I wasn't going to eat that day, and I'd take one bite, just as it says, and the great disaster happened all over again and I would be so down on myself until thank thank God I thank God every day that he led me to OA it just it it nobody nobody um 12th step me it just it just fell into my path that that the first meeting was there that I ever went to and so I realized very shortly after getting to OA that I had a big spiritual fo- hole in me. And the only thing that was going to fill it was spirituality and the presence of God in my life. And since then, it's been, uh, my life has been just incredibly different from what it would have been had I not been led to OA. So I thank everyone on the line, all the people in the rooms that have supported me through. All of the years I've been fortunate enough to be in the this fellowship and practicing the steps, and most of all you know gratitude to my higher power who always wanted what I have for me, but I didn't know it, and I'll pass,
0: okay, thank you, Penny. um we're gonna take a list of names now, people that like would like to share. I'm going to remind you that we ask that if you shared on the last two days that uh, you you hold back and let other people have a chance. So if you shared on Wednesday or Thursday, please uh, uh, respect uh, that we have so many people on the line that want to share. Nessa R. So, Darian, uh, Nessa,
2: Nessa R. Sorry, I, I, I T- trampled T- over you. Melissa C.
0: All right, I have Nessa R, Darian C, and and then who else?
5: Shanna C. Anna?
0: Melissa? Loretta H. Roz G. Roz. I missed somebody there. I have uh, Nessa, Darian, Anna, Melissa, uh, Roz.
6: Loretta
0: H. Loretta. At six, okay. Let's go with that lineup. Uh, Nessa, um, your turn.
7: Hi. Yeah. Good morning, Vision. For you, this is Nessa R, a recovery compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I'm sorry that I that I trampled over you there. Um, so there's are so many things that just jump out of me in this in this paragraph. The, the first one is attendant suffering and humiliation. And, uh, you know, like my pain has no memory, like it has been shared over the past week. All I can see is what the food does for me. All the other people can see is what the food does to me. And so they always remember um, what the last uh, debauch, debacle was. I don't remember. I just remember, you know, the relief, the instantaneous relief, at least for three and a half nanoseconds. That I felt when I put that one bite into my mouth? And um, uh, what has become of the common sense and the willpower? And, you know, this tells me too that there's no problem with my common sense, there's no problem with my willpower or my knowledge or my morals or my character, which I exhibit in all the other areas. And even sometimes, even with regards to the food, because I have been able to go on many diets and I even took off the weight. I mean, like I got married at 112 pounds. You know, the problem is that I couldn't stay there, that I couldn't, um, you know, uh, keep up the diet, keep up uh, exerting my willpower over the food, because I have this little twist of the mind, this mental obsession that keeps pushing me. And, you know, this question, why does he behave like this? You know, the why, why is a tool of the disease, a tool of the mental obsession to get me into the food, you know, because he usually says, why me? You know, why, why I can't eat like other people? Why do I have to gain so much weight? Why, why, why? And then that ends up in poor me, poor me, poor me, pour me a drink and I'm back in the food. Um, and I've learned in recovery that the, um, the right question to ask is what? what And, and he talks about this in, in this book, what do I have to do? You know, it's uh, page 20. We read it, um, I guess, uh, a week ago, two weeks ago. What do I have to do? And the answer is simple. I need to find a higher power. And how do I do that? What do I have to do? I have to become entirely abstinent. And then I have to work the steps that I've outlined in this big book. And I have to maintain my entire abstinence while doing that. Otherwise, the whole thing won't work. But once I do... Um, I have access to my higher power. I have at, at access to a more sustainable, reliable, and yet even permanent, as long as I uh, maintain my fit spiritual condition, source of relief, true relief. And not only a source of relief, but a source of freedom. A source of freedom like nothing that uh, I could have ever gotten from a cheesecake, that's for sure, which was only, um, you know, slavery. Uh, pain, suffering, and humiliation, Um, you know, and this is the life that I live today. I live live my life for the most part in alignment with God's will for me, and I am not faced um, as I used to be by the vicissitudes of life. You know, I face my life with equanimity and joy, and even at the challenges, you know, it is just something I could have never fathomed. If somebody had told me this, I would have not believed it, but I'm living it today, and I believe it today. And uh, we've got our pass. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you, Nessa. Next we have Darian, followed by Anna, followed by Melissa. Darian C., you're up.
8: Hi there, Craig. Um, it's right. Darian K., actually, in um, the Berkshires. Oh, I'm sorry. it's no worries. Um, so I, um, I could really relate to this paragraph, too, um, especially when it talked about um, common sense and willpower you know, I used to ask myself that, you know, I I would say, you know, I have so much common sense, you know, I, I lived with, I had a roommate in college and she was so smart. She did so well um, grade wise, but common sense. No, she didn't have common sense. Um, And I thought, Oh, you know, geez, I have common sense. Um, And, you know, I should know how to um, do things and apply things. And, um, you know, the the moral aspect, I suppose, of of the disease and and willpower. Um, well, I don't know. I just I never really felt like I had the willpower. Um, I have no success stories really for dieting. Um, you know, I would take the plan home. I would be all excited about getting started on a Monday, and um, and and you know, give it a whirl. And you know, this is it. This is it. This is going to be it. This is this is the right food this is the right meeting, this is the right place for the meeting, (laughs) Um, these are the right people, that's the right leader, whatever, and um, I, you know, all those external things, no, but I never had it internally, and the weekend came, and, you know, weekends are not for uh, staying on a diet, so I never had any success, and um, so when I came to program, um, you know, I learned that you know, it's okay to not have that willpower, that I need a higher power um, to uh, keep me stopped a day at a time, and I need to depend on that, you know, higher power every second of the day, all with all decisions, not just the food, and um, I'm so glad that I learned that that lesson here, and that now I don't feel the humiliation, and I am not suffering. Um, I am in a place of neutrality most days, and
2: it's, It's a blessing and a miracle, and I'm so grateful to be with all of you. Thank you for allowing me to share.
0: Okay, thank you very much, Darian. Next we have Anna, followed by Melissa, followed by Roz. Uh, Anna.
9: Hey, good morning. This is actually Shanna C, but I get to Anna, so (laughs) um, we were all you there. Thank you so much. Um, But yeah, this is Shanna C. um, Grateful. Alcoholic eater through God's grace in these twelve steps. Um, again, I mean, I, every day I wake up, I'm like, I cannot believe I get to live this miracle, and I'm so grateful. I don't even know what, what to say, um, so I'm praying for the words. Um, but one of the things that jumped out at me so much is how this paragraph directly goes back for me to the doctor's opinion. Why do I behave this way? Um, in the previous sentence, this is by no means a comprehensive picture of the true alcoholic or compulsive eater, as our behavior patterns vary that's that's a statement of fact. our behavior patterns vary um but this description should identify him roughly. Why does he behave this way? um I behave this way because i'm a compulsive eater um and it wasn't until i in this i can't even stress enough how for me how much. Conceding to my innermost self that I'm a compulsive eater didn't come from me. It came from the constant trying to find the next thing that's going to to help me from this. And it was, I did not want to be a compulsive eater. I did not want to eat the way that I was eating. Um, I did not know how not to try to control and manage the thing. Um but because I had this lurking notion that somehow someday I'll be able to control and enjoy my eating and then therefore eat normally. That was my great obsession that I could not shake for years and years and being beaten into a state of reasonableness through trying and trying and different OA sponsors and different, whatever. Um, My God, when's it ever going to end kind of thing. And then finally, you know, last year uh, I, I got to the point where I, I was like, Oh my God, I really am a compulsive eater and I cannot stop. I cannot change. This is getting worse. I see it and I can't help myself. And it was like then when I reached out for help in all sincerity, you know, I was able, and once I saw my powerlessness, it was like a power came in and, and started keeping me absent and I was able to stick with a food plan and work through through these steps and get better and become a recovered compulsive eater that I never thought, I never thought this would ever, 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 ever happen to me. And I'm so grateful. Um, but why do I eat this way? Because I'm a compulsive eater. I have a physical allergy uh, to my allergic foods. Once I have put them in my body, I cannot stop. Once I start, that's a physical manifestation. And then that men- mental obsession is the obsession that somehow, someday I'll control and enjoy it and I'll forget how bad the pain and suffering was even a week or a month ago, and I'm without defense against the first drink, without accessing the power of God through these steps and complete surrender. So with that, I will pass, and I'm so grateful to be here on this Friday. Thanks so much, everybody.
0: Okay, thank you. Um, Next we have Melissa followed by Roz followed by uh, Lynetta, I think it was. Um, Melissa?
10: Good morning, Craig. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa Sam, a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. Um, yeah, you know, like, why, right? If if I know that I'm always brought to suffering and humiliation, right, if food always, always brought me there and I had a lifetime of that happening, why did I still go to the food, you know? like, And I would even know, like, I wasn't going to have just one. You know, when I set out, um, I was intending, you know, I wanted to binge. I wanted that full binge. Um, So I would, you know, I wouldn't put my hand in the box thinking I was going to have one cookie. I would buy, like, three boxes of cookies setting out, you know. And and in my mind, somewhere tucked away was I'm out of control now, but tomorrow I'm going to be different, right, or Monday I'm going to be different. And... Um, and that's insane because Monday I was never different. Tomorrow I was never different, you know. When I look at like the why, that why question, um, what I've come to see is why is the question I ask when I really wanna say, I don't like this, right? It's it's the question of, um like I always say, like, it's the question my kids would ask me, um, they don't really wanna know the answer. You know, they would be like, Why do I have to go to bed? and I could give this whole explanation because people need, you know, eight hours of good rest, and what they're really saying is, I don't like this, and and that's really what I would say, too. I used to examine that why all the time. I thought that that's what I would uncover, and especially when I did my fourth step, I set out, I'm going to identify why. I'm going to identify what these people in my life did to me, what circumstances, you know, came my way that caused me to be like this. And and like and so even if i did discover the why even if we found out why it is you know anything other than because we're sick and we have a a, you know a compulsion um i still have to do something about it unless i'm going to get in a time machine and make the past different right so it's it's the why question um is is it's sort of unimportant it's um you know, it's, it's approaching this from an intellectual standpoint. It's definitely, what am I going to have to do about it? It's, it's going to be an action. And, um, you know, and so um, today I don't waste too much energy on, on trying to uncover why. You know, the answer for me is because I'm powerless and unmanageable, and therefore I need a higher power, and I need to allow him to be the manager and director. Thanks. But
0: that I'll pass. I'm sorry, I didn't realize I wasn't unmuted. Uh thank you. Next we have uh Lynetta H. Lynetta
1: I believe I wanted to share.
0: I'm sorry, you broke up real bad. What did you say?
1: Uh, it's Roz G. I believe
11: I was share after the correct?
0: I, I still didn't hear you.
1: It's Roz G. I think I was supposed to uh, share after Melissa. Oh, y-
0: yes, you are, Roz. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Roz. Thank
1: you. That's okay. Hi, Craig. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Okay, so I'm... I'm Roz G., and I'm a a recovered compulsive overeater, and I have have the answers here. (laughs) I have the answers to the why. And you know where they are? They're in the big book, okay? Why is it that after I visited an x-ray technician, after x-raying my heel for plantar fasciitis, and she told me, well, obesity kinds of causes plantar fasciitis. Okay, why did I go back to eating after that and having two surgeries, uh, one on my foot and one on my shoulder, why did I, uh, because I was over-exercising to to make up for all the food I was eating, why did I go back to eating after going shopping and looking at myself in in full-length mirrors in dressing rooms and, and hating myself for not being the size that I picked off of the rack? delusion thinking that I was going to squeeze into that size why did I continue to eat why did I continue to eat after having so many digestive problems and a running um prescription of 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 the um van vanic or whatever it's called that that pill that you take when you have uh indigestion why well the answers for me are on the following page which we're going to read in a few days I have a built-in forgetter. I forget to remember. I don't learn from the consequences. I forget all that humiliation, and then it also says on on the on page sixty there's some questions that say that 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 say to me uh i'm an I'm a fool person, and I can't manage this i no human power could relieve me of it and God can I'm beyond human aid for me those are the answers i don't remember i forget to remember the humiliation and i'm beyond human aid all of those experiences are not going to teach me a lesson i have to be get on my knees and have so much pain as another as it says in another area that the life of the alpha have, alcoholic for me compulsive overeater has to be pretty badly mangled because all of those solutions that humans tried to tell me with good good well-meaning people was not going to solve my problem and yes i don't i don't like to fit in, into the wise either but i'm so grateful that this book tells me i'm beyond human aid i don't have the memory to remember it and that i need to stay off, get in you know, stay into the solution by not being, resting on my laurels and being in fit spiritual condition every single day. And every day I have something to do with this book, either helping others or in prayer and meditation or pausing throughout the day or, you know, making an outreach call, taking an outreach call, doing my nightly review. Those are the things that help me remember who I am and what I am, or, or else I'm I'm, I'm going to go right back into the food. And I and I've accepted that about myself. And I and I have a life w- today beyond my wildest dreams. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much for your service.
0: All right, thanks, Ross. Sorry. Um, next we have Lynetta H. And then we're going to take some new names, Lynetta?
6: Loretta. Hi. Hi, Craig. Oh. It's Loretta H. That's okay. I love my husband's never called me my name for.
12: 50.
6: Okay. Uh, from, I am a compulsive reader, recovered for today with God's grace. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I want to thank you for your service and everybody on this line who saves my life every single day. And I realized um, I asked that question for a very long time. Why, why? 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 And all I have to know is I am, and in knowing I am. And my favorite paragraph in the big book is on 124, where it says, my darkest past is my greatest asset, because with that I can avert misery for myself, misery and death for myself and others. And this dark past that I've had is only helpful to me today if I use it for the awakening, if I use it to know that I am a compulsive overeater. I will never, ever not be that. But I do have a solution with working the steps, with working with others, with the power of my God to arrest that one day at a time. I'm never, ever, ever cured. I know that. But today with the the work in this book, the listening of how other people do it, the actual experience of working it, and having the experiences that I did have in my darkest past, I can, with God's grace, avert misery and death for others, but they also avert death and misery for me because in their stories, their experiences with the food and the disease and the um, allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, I learned how to awaken from this. And so my God today has given me this gift of this book of He's even given me the gift of being a compulsible reader because it's one of the best things that's ever happened to me because today I have a life that's happy, joyous, and free only because of working in God's corrective directives and with others and cleaning house. And with that, I pass.
0: Okay. Thanks, Loretta. All right. We're going to take a new list of names. Remember that uh, we ask you to hold back if you shared the last couple days and allow other people to go. So who else would like to share on this paragraph, these two paragraphs?
13: Elizabeth M.
0: Elizabeth M. Kathy C. Melissa P. Wait a minute. All right, I've got Elizabeth and Kathy, and then I heard... Who else?
14: Melissa P.
15: Melissa E. Barbara E. Amy Rick G. J.
3: Phil
16: M.
0: Who was that M?
16: Uh short for Philomena. Philomena.
0: Philomena M? hmm Rick J. I got you, Rick. I have Elizabeth, Kathy, Melissa, Barb,
17: Did Rick, and Philomena. E? I've
0: got you, Barbara. You I have do. Elizabeth
5: Thank you.
0: Kathy, Melissa, Barb, yeah. Rick, and Philomena. Who else?
5: Marty. Sandy B.
0: Alright, the two of you at time there. I didn't get either one of you. Mati. Mati? Yeah. All right. And
16: Sandy B and Virginia.
0: Sandy Beaches, Sandy B. Okay, um, that's that's eight. Let's try that eight. Um, Elizabeth, you're up first. Go ahead. Elizabeth?
5: Could you say what page we're reading?
0: Yes, we're on page 22. We're reading two paragraphs, the first and the second one. This is by no means through with respect to other matters.
13: Hi, Craig, Elizabeth M., can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can,
11: go ahead. Please go ahead, Elizabeth.
0: Elizabeth, did you get muted again?
13: Okay, now can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can hear you.
13: Okay, sorry, thank you. Um, thank uh-huh. you for your service. And um, that is Elizabeth M., a recovered compulsive eater from New Hampshire. And I just wanted to think for a minute, talk for a minute about this word, why. I just love what everybody's been saying about it. And I had this thought of how divinely inspired it was that, Abby went to um, Jung and not Freud because, you know, Freud would have us all believe that if we understood ourselves, we'd be fine. And thank God, <clears throat> thank God we didn't end up with that because I don't think we'd ever have any recovery because, you know, Jung had this idea that you'd have to have a spiritual solution. And how do we get a spiritual solution? Well, we have to do the what. You know, We once it, I have to go from why, running around in my head, Trying to figure it out, which I did for years and years and years, to what do I need to do? Which, thank God, this book tells me. And, you know, I could have a postdoctorate in addiction studies and it wouldn't matter because once the phenomenon of craving hits, or as we'll learn in the next chapter, once the mental obsession takes away all of my thoughts, I just don't have access to them. And that's how my head is so broken. And that's why I have not for years and years and years been able to use what I consider to be a pretty good mind to solve this problem. And there's another really important word in this paragraph for me, which is will and then power. So I don't have power. I want to have power so badly. For years, I tried to have power. I tried to have power around my eating and around the unmanageability of my life. And I tried in all the ways that would use my will like intuitive eating, like mindfulness, like diets. Um, I could go on and on. Like I've heard so many so eloquently talk about in this line. But I don't have the power. And I should. I tell myself I should. And so I'm so grateful that the next chapter and the rest of this book will show me how to get my power because it is deep down inside of me. And I do have to search for it fearlessly. So thank you all so much, and with that, I pass.
0: Okay, thanks, Elizabeth. Next we have Kathy C., followed by Melissa, followed by Barbie. uh, Barbie, Kathy,
4: are you up?
12: Good morning, everybody, and thank you. My name is Kathy C. Mm -hmm. I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Montreal, Canada. Yeah, you know this paragraph again. I was baffled, you know, how come I'm doing this again? Why does this keep happening to me? I, I, I know better, right? Um, why don't I do better? Um, what's wrong with my willpower? Do I have to maybe make some charts? Maybe I have to read some more self-help um, books, right? Uh, just apply myself harder. Just remember, remember, and, 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 and all this stuff. And I couldn't, and I just couldn't. I, I did very well in other aspects of my life. Um, manage other things, but when it came to this, it just was not working. I was miserable, suffering. Um, you know, I would go against my will every time I felt hijacked. You know, And then um, doing work and doing work and trying again, you know, I came to see um, that I am disconnected from my source, from my source, from the higher power, because I am just too concerned about my, my needs, my emotions, how everything affects me, making me really uncomfortable. Um, so I have to identify the source of my problem, which is really the self-centeredness, right? I will always choose my will. Uh, that's, that's just how it is. Um, and the process of where I can get out of this or, or, or recover uh, because I'm blocked, right? I'm, I'm, I'm blocked from that power. I'm blocked from from continuing on to what I really want to do in life, because when I have that mental obsession, I won't remember anything. All the past promises, the pain, the suffering, that's a mental obsession. I will, it's the only obsession, the only thought. So nothing will come in and deter me and say, oh, remember, you said you weren't going to do that. Oh, remember, you have, you know, you have weight. Uh, to lose, and, and, and you're going to hate yourself after, and it'll create all sorts of other things. It doesn't, It won't. It won't come up. Why? Because when there's a mental obsession, that's the only thought, nothing else can penetrate. So I, how am I going to get out of that? Well, the process, the steps will remove me, that blockage, so I can be open to receiving clear and clear the, you know, the path so God could come in and build with me and and help me, and I, I go to God every morning. I have to see God every morning, and I, I bring to him everything, right? I offer him myself. How am I, to, what am I to do? How am I to think? Help me with this. Um, and that's how the change happens. So I'm very grateful. I'm going to pass. Thank you.
11: Okay,
0: thank you. Next we have Melissa, followed by Barb E., followed by Rick J., Melissa?
14: Good morning, Craig. Thank you for your service and hearing me. Good morning, fellows. Uh, I'm Melissa P. from Buffalo, New York. Uh, You know, I read this paragraph this morning, and I was immediately brought back to this boxing ring that my disease had me in for years. You know, I'm sure the collective of us, but I can only speak for me, has many embarrassing and painful experiences related to their weight. Um, you know, and like, I of course have many, but the one that came to me this morning is when I was a little girl, I played softball, probably third or fourth grade. And I remember we showed up for pictures and my, my pants didn't fit. And I had to go with my coach, who was like a 50 year old man up into the attic above the concession stand And he and my mom manically were looking through these boxes, trying to find a pair of pants that fit me. And I was so sad and so embarrassed. And then the smell of hot dogs came wafting up from above the concession stand. And all I could think about was the food. And the food and that obsession that I really hope that I get something to eat after this. And I couldn't get it out of my brain, even as my mom was screaming at me about how fat I was and why couldn't I look like other little girls, that wasn't enough to stop me. You know, and, and in that boxing ring for years, I was getting slammed around by the disease over and over and over again by painful experiences. And it's because I had, I had to get beaten down, right? That built-in forgetter that there wasn't gonna be enough pain, I didn't need to wait for a bottom to come into this program, Um, you know, and thinking about when we talk about plugging into power, you know, it's like fumbling trying to plug my phone charger in behind my nightstand while the lights are off and I'm fumbling and I'm plugging it won't go in the right way. So I flip it around and I try that way and I go a different way and I'm knocking things over and I'm getting angrier and angrier and angrier. Just turn the light on and look at what you're doing. And that's what OA did for me. I don't have to fumble through life anymore. I don't have to get my butt kicked anymore. Instead, I get to stand outside and reach in and help pull people out as my higher power walks and works through me this time. I don't I don't need to get slapped around, but you got to turn the light on. The light's at the top of the stairs. The stairs are at the 12 steps. You know, and I'm just I'm grateful and I'm reminded every morning when my knees hit that floor that I get to live in a normal-sized body now, but also the mental obsession and the self-obsession with myself has been turned around into, how am I showing up today? Am I showing up as love, or am I showing up all about Melissa? You know, and it's just it's just such a gift. It's such, such a gift. So if you're struggling right now, just turn the light on. So thank you so much, everyone. Happy Friday. With that, I'll pass.
0: Okay, thank you, Melissa. Next, we have uh, Barbara E., followed by Rick J., followed by Philomena. Uh, Barbara?
17: Good morning, my sisters and brothers. This is Barbara E. in New Jersey. I hope you can hear me. There's a lot of work going on in the street. Well, I know there's a quote somewhere in a book from William Shakespeare that said, the path is smooth that leadeth on to danger. And I understand what that means. The road to me as a compulsive overeater was built for comfort. It promises the satisfaction of every one of my needs and desires. And it stretches out invitingly, seductively from wherever I am on earth. I, I am on a different path now, but I can go back to that old path anytime, as some of us do. I don't choose to return to that path today. I may do it tomorrow, but for today, the road I'm traveling is exactly where I wanna be. The OA path is not always smooth and comfortable, but it is leading me to freedom. And prayer is a part now of my 12-step program, a way to be aware and face my immobilizing defects. Often in the course of a day, I may think or act with a certain spontaneity, accepting virtually everything about life. That to me is a form of prayer. In wishing things were different, it allows me to deal with what is before me and gives me the energy to work at coping with situations I may be able to do something about, such as illness, flat tires, a leaking roof. Prayer allows me to like and enjoy life, and to live without suffocating guilt over past mistakes. I am a compulsive eater, now, forever, and always. But I say to you, it is open to you. You can do it too. I weighed 237 pounds before I crawled into OA on my knees, ready to do anything, and in 2020, I'm still on my knees, but I'm on my knees in humility. This program works and certain thoughts are prayers. There have to be no special prayers, just an attitude of the body and soul and be honest. Thank you, I pass.
0: Okay, thanks Barbara. Next we have Rick J, followed by Philomena, followed by Maki. Rick.
18: Hey, good morning, Craig. Good morning. This is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive over here in Cary, North Carolina. Uh, not cured, and um, this uh, these two paragraphs, um, a couple of things jumped out at me. Um, you know, this is by no means a comprehensive picture uh, of the tree alcoholic, as our behavior patterns vary. Um, and I know for me. When I first um, came into OA, I, I had a tendency to compare myself to others, and on the outside, um, I didn't look as much like an overeater as maybe some of the other people in the rooms. Um, uh, for one thing, my uh, my alcohol and, and drug addictions had uh, you know had kept me away from a lot of uh, food consumptions, and then when I when I got sober you know i i got back into the food of course immediately i was trying to fill that hole um and the um you know the why do uh, do i behave like this uh going through this book with my sponsor um you know that one drink that one compulsive bite if i if if hundreds of experiences have shown me that that one compulsive bite you know is going to uh, lead me to you know the nightmare of of overeating, binge eating, um, then and humiliation. You know why would I take that first compulsive bite? You know, and it says that it just jumped out at me that one drink, that one drink is tw- is listed twice. And you know, of course, you know the reason that I I took that you know that first compulsive bite was because of that obsession of the mind and. Uh, the reason I couldn't stop with that one bite was because of that physical allergy that's already been mentioned by other people sharing. Uh, you know, and we and we did learn all about this in the doctor's opinion. And and if if we identify with that, then um, you know we're in. Um, we are compulsive overeaters. But um, one thing I needed to be careful of when when I got in here was to stop comparing and start identifying. And the, um, you know, that previous page where it says, you know, what about the real alcoholic? You know, um, at some stage of his drinking career, he begins to lose all control of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. And for me, it doesn't matter if if I didn't gain a certain amount of weight or, you know, what was going on the inside of me. And, yes, you can look at before and after pictures of me and you can see, you know, um, a big difference. But, for me, it was all about what was going on inside, and that obsession of the mind that was going on in me was trying to fill a hole um, you know sugar did for me it filled a hole, it did something for me that nothing else did. it was doing something for me, and I chased that for years, and that was the obsession that kept bringing me back to it and then of course, the first bite, you know um the physical allergy would take over so I just I just need to remember that that's true for me. That's applicable. That's my step one. And um, thanks, for everybody, for being here. With that,
0: I pass. Thank you, Rick. Okay, next we have Philomena uh, M., followed by Maki, followed by Sandy. Philomena?
16: Thank you, Craig. Thank you for your service. Uh, I'm Philomena. I'm a gratefully uh, recovered compulsive overeater from Carrickfergus in Northern Ireland, Um, And just reflecting on my own experience, hundreds, maybe even thousands of experience has had shown me that one sweet thing means another debacle, a great disaster with all its attendant humiliation and suffering. So I was fat and self-rejecting. I couldn't stop eating sugar. I also couldn't stop when I was pregnant with a very much wanted second child. Even though I knew it might have disastrous consequences on on what turned out to be a lovely little girl, thank God and healthy, I couldn't stop when I was, you know, um, really really large and suffering from arthritis. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. I hated buying clothes, which I used to love to buy. Then in two thousand and sixteen, I was diagnosed with cancer, and I was so fearful of the treatment. It went from stage one to stage four in the six months that I was putting the treatment off. So then I needed heavy duty, uh, chemo and radio and brachytherapy. Um, I I was told from many, many sources that um, being fat didn't help and also that sugar fed cancer, whether that's true or not, that I believed it, but I couldn't stop. Did I want to die? No, I really didn't want to die. I wanted to be around for my kids. Did I want to have more chemotherapy and radiotherapy? Certainly not. But for me, the issue was, and it's been said before, and I love these shares that we've got today. um, I had a hole in my soul. And I discovered that I need a better connection, a much better connection to my higher power and to people around me. I thought, really did think that I had both, but I didn't. I found that I couldn't relate to an angry father God, or even a loving father God. So now, with some other woman, I'm exploring ideas about my loving mother God. I need both, I think, you know. For me, I definitely need both, and it's not for everybody, that's fine. But this exploration is not a source of joy for me. And uh, this meeting is a joy. It really helps to keep me on track listening to this meeting every day and getting the wisdom. And this, the uh, Sunday specials are great. So, And the program is helping me to become healthy. And I feel that life is it's like having a life in Technicolor now. And I'm so very, very grateful to everybody here on the line. Thank you so much. With that, I pass.
0: Okay. Thank you, Philomena. And, and next we have Maki followed by Sandy B. Maki? We have about two minutes by the way, so Maki, you're
11: unmute. Can you
5: hear me okay?
0: Yes, I can hear you now.
5: Okay. Thank you, Craig. Um, I'm Mati, and I'm a grateful compulsive overeater from uh, Tucson, Arizona. And I'm so grateful uh, to be live uh, on this meeting. Um, I've been listening to the podcast for a while, and uh, it's not that I'm a early morning person, uh, but um, since I've been recovering from COVID, my sleep patterns are really. Off. So I'm taking advantage by um, doing uh, recovery readings. And I'm so grateful that we have this meeting online and on the phone. And when we read um, the two paragraphs in the big book, um, I was thinking of how um, our program is simple, but we complicate it. I know that I can complicate it. And accepting that I am a compulsive overeater, period. And what am I going to do about it? And having the steps and the big book with the guidelines and my sponsor. And um, Hanupa started last night. (laughs) And instead of thinking of food, I'm thinking of the miracles that I'm alive, that I didn't have to go to the hospital, and that even though some of the medications make me either lose my appetite or get very hungry, that I was able to stay calm and focused and be abstinent. And I also, like many of you have said, um, you know, I can be... I can give a lecture on all the parts of the brain that have to do with addiction, but, you know, so what? um, That kind of self-knowledge or psychoanalysis is not going to uh, help me abstain one day at a time. So I'm very grateful. Thank you.
0: Okay, well, we're uh, out of time, and I apologize to Sandy that we uh, ran out of time before we got to her. We might want to stay and try the second hour. So uh, somebody's on and breathing pretty heavy. That's not me. Uh, Thanks to everyone who shared. Uh, Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for the meeting that's just concluding is fifteen thousand nine seventy one one five nine seven one, for and that's for today's date, which is December eleventh, two thousand and twenty. Uh, we'll now close with a reading from the Big Book on page one sixty four, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Margaret D. Uh, please read a uh, vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Through keep you until then.
15: Good morning, this is Margaret D. in Georgia, Um, and I'm very grateful to be a recovered compulsive eater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order.